and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, November 27. I am John Barker for Winning Post, joining me as usual, Jackpot Joel Marshall. Dynamite Dan is on some well-earned leave this week. Well, Joel, last Saturday of spring and the rescheduled Zipping Classic Day is the highlight in Victoria in Melbourne and there's a very short-priced favourite in the feature who is coming back from the 3,200 metres of the Melbourne Cup. But that has been a... It's been the right form for the Zipping Classic over the years and uh, Spanish Mission has actually had a couple of extra weeks to get over it. So there's 750,000 there for him. Can you see any chinks in the armour? Well, look, he is going to be hard to beat and he's probably a deserved favourite. Um, I I think the second favourite warning's got a good chance because he's just really in the groove at the moment. He's clicked with Nashville Willer. And I know he's not aboard him on Saturday, but another strong rider, Damien Oliver. So I think he's the main danger. If, sounds going well. Of course, previous winner of the race, but not sure he uh, is probably classy enough to beat Spanish Mission. So, look, I think he's a deserved favourite, but there's you know, probably one or two little dangers. In terms of the whole meeting... Not too bad. Um, I don't know what the what the guide will be to say whether it's worked or it hasn't um, being pushed back a few weeks because, um, you know, I think we're sort of probably getting the same sort of horses, really. I wouldn't say it's any stronger than normally. Um, perhaps a little bit more depth to a couple of the races. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess, uh, what the turnover's like. And obviously, the crowd on course, that's probably the most exciting thing. That uh, No restrictions, I believe. So... Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what the numbers are like. It will. I see the early forecast is uh, for cloudy and 20, which is really perfect for a day at the races. And it's Caulfield as opposed to Sandown. So that's the other switch apart from uh, the calendar switch. Caulfield uh, for interstate listeners is a great deal closer to the centre of the city uh, than Sandown is. So, um, yeah, they would, I'd think, with the novelty not quite having worn off of being able to go to the races again, you would be uh, hoping for a decent crowd. Well, uh, one of the attractions for a crowd at Zipping Classic Day at Caulfield this Saturday is that uh, all nine races are black-type races. So we'll take you right through them. We'll start with race one. Kicks off at 12.35 Eastern Daylight Time. And it is the Thoroughbred Club Merson Cooper Stakes, 1,000 metres set weights. For two-year-olds, we've only seen two of the ten runners. They have both performed well, but uh, there look to be some smart ones among the unraced as well, Joel. Yeah, I think there are a couple of handy ones among the unraced. I'm with one of the fillies in number six, Ebha. Uh, Well-related filly by home, Invincible from the family of Merchant Navy. She impressively won a trial in Sydney, settled back and rounded up her rivals quite well. She was due to run a couple of weeks ago, but they've uh, saved her for this. They've brought her down, given her a jump out the Melbourne way round, and Damien Oliver was aboard in that Flemington jump out that she won. So I've got her on top. Ahead of one, Brereton. Hard to tip against him because he's got the experience and he looks pretty smart. Just beaten on debut and then showed good fight to win down the straight. So he's the testing material. And then a couple of more newcomers. Uh, seven, Kiko. Not really sure what to make of her, but they paid 720000 for her. She's had three jump outs. The first and the third one, she just jumped out, flopped out to last. And just, you know, I think she went for 200 metres and that was it. But the the jump out in the middle, they asked a little bit more of her and she showed something. So just a bit wary of her. And 10 Yeltara, 
from the Ma Eustace stable, expensive I'm Invincible, Linda Meach to ride from a good gate. I think she's worth res uh, worth respecting, possibly over the odds. But six on top from one, seven and ten. Yeah, I've just got the top two the other way around. Brereton to beat Ebhar, Moko and Kiko. One, six, nine and seven. Race two at Caulfield on Saturday. Ned's Sandown Cup, 3,200 metre Quality listed event. Joel has attracted nine runners over the two miles. Yeah, and yeah, not not the greatest. I guess staying race, but probably what what you to what to expect off a, at the end of a lengthy carnival. A two true marvel has uh, been a bit of a marvel since Matty Smith has switched him down here from New South Wales. He's won uh, some marathon races, Mornington, Mooney Valley. Last time out at Mooney Valley, it just <laughs> it was an amazing win. 16 lengths, drops 13 and a half kilos, obviously, out of that high weight race. But, um, yeah, he's in the zone, seemingly, and, and he's the one to beat for accountability. He does have a touch of class. Finished off quite well on Melbourne Cup Day. No match for the winner, but he's having a good prep. I think, he, I think one of those two will win. One sweet Thomas really does lack a gear change, but uh, once he gets out to this sort of distance... He usually performs well, and six into Rio, been battling away okay of late. Two on top for me from one. Uh, sorry, from four, one and six. Yeah, once again, I've got the two main chances the other way around. Accountability, Drew Marvel, Sweet Thomas, and Monmouth. I've got in for fourth, four, two, one, and five. Race three at Caulfield on Saturday. Tobin Brothers Funerals, Twilight Glow Stakes, fourteen hundred meters. Set weights and penalties for three-year-old fillies at listed level. Yeah, tossed up between the top two, but I've gone for one decent rain just on the quick backup. She deserved that win at Ballarat last week. She'd been going really well, placed behind Fangirl up in Sydney, no luck at Flemington during Cup Week behind Ben the Knee, and then really did let go with a, a sharp turn of foot last week. So I think now with that win on the board, confidence high, she can win again. Two Star of Chaos brings that exciting form line from behind Espiona. We've seen winning form out of that race already. She was runner-up behind her. Prior to that, she'd won her previous couple. So she, I think, is the hardest to beat. Nine, Allegretta, coming from a different form line. Only a maiden win at Pakenham first up. But I thought it was a good win. Sat on speed, was able to quicken quite well. She's a well-bred filly, I think, with a, a bit of a future. And five, Raduna, who came through that Espiona race to run at Cranbourne on their cup day. But to just sort of plugged away there on the heavy ten thinking that a dry track and perhaps the blinkers first time can see some improvement from her. One from two, nine and five. Similar for me, sticking with decent rain to beat Star of Chaos. Got Lady of Honour for third and Raduna, one, two, three and five. Race four at Caulfield is the Premier Signs Doveton Stakes, 1,000 metre handicap at listed level. Found this a pretty tricky race. I'm giving Curran another chance. I was really keen on him on Melbourne Cup Day down the straight, last race of the day, and he met with good support. He didn't run badly. He's beaten three lengths. He had every chance. He finished fifth. The winner was impressive, Quantico. Maybe just coming back to the 1,000 metres off a, what should be a really genuine tempo because there's plenty of speed here. Yulong Command, uh, Twist of Fury, Enthar, plenty of pace. So I think he can set, settle off that pace and be very strong uh, at the finish. Nine Enthar in for second. We saw her return from that long spell on Melbourne Cup Day down the straight. She was probably the first under pressure. Um, it was, you know, a lot, lot, lot of people were sort of anticipating the clash between her and Profiteer, but Profiteer proved too good that day. Considering she was the first 
off the bit. I thought she battled on quite well for third. She'll be a lot fitter for that, and I expect her to take plenty of beating. Uh, three, Varda, five-year-old mare, pretty consistent. Has a bit of weight, 59 and a half, but um, I think, you know, she'll, she'll run well. Just might find a couple better than her. And five, he's a bolter. I'm not sure where Will Clarkin uh, is going to run these horses. He's got Parsevel and he's a bolter both in an Adelaide as well. But uh, he's a bolter for Linda Meach. has been racing really well this prep. Seven on top from nine, three and five. We've gone for an all SA first four with he's a bolter, uh, obviously. Was well was in the market for that group two over this track and distance last time, but um, had excuses that day. Uh, Shimino, Parsifal, and Streetcar Stranger. So some or all of those may or may not be here. Five, two, four, and six. Race five at Caulfield on Saturday. Beck Pro Build summoned stakes. Sixteen hundred meters set weights and penalties for the mares. A group three job. I've gone with the Sydney cider here, number four, Tricky Gal, who's been racing pretty well this prep, hasn't had a lot of luck, drew wide first up and beat all but Menage. that form was franked, and then didn't have much room at all in the invitation, and should have finished closer, and then in the hot Danish, probably had her chance, settled just behind the leaders, and thought she battled on quite well, but just gave the impression, you know, she didn't really quicken, and I thought she was just looking for further, well she gets that here, out to 1600. She's had four top two finishes from five goes at the trip. She gets a lovely run with Oliver aboard. So I think she'll be hard to beat from one quantum mechanic who looks pretty well weighted uh, despite having 59 top weight. She's been racing in good company. Her two rack run was excellent. There's a few people giving her a bit of a hope in the Cantala and she was disappointing. Seemed to have her chance, didn't really finish off, but this is obviously a lot easier. Nine Steinem. I thought she would have won the matriarch if they had backed her up, but obviously, um, you know, I don't know if that was ever the plan or whether she just needed a bit of time off after that Empire Rose run where she was hitting the line really well. I think she's pretty smart, but just staying at the mile is a little query for me. I think she can win if she gets a bit of luck. However, and seven good and proper in for four. Pretty consistent. Uh, probably just lacks a little bit of class that some of these have, but she'll get a good run from the gate. Four on top from one, nine and seven. Yeah, well, I put, not only put good and proper on top, but made her my best. Thought uh, she was ready to win, but we all can see that uh, she's not all that well weighted at the set weights and penalties. Steinem, tricky gal, and quantum mechanics. So I've got the same four, uh, actually, oh, almost in exact reverse order seven, nine, four, and one. Race six is the first leg of the quaddy at uh, Caulfield on Saturday. And I can see that my top selection here has come out. So that's uh, number one brigantine. So we'll have to rethink. This is a set weights race for three-year-olds. Group two level over 1,600 metres, John. Yeah, I'm sticking with Port Louis. Still a maiden after eight starts. I was very keen on him at Flemington during Cup Week and got a lovely ride from Hugh Bowman, just edged out by Ben the Knee. They sort of had... They both had inside gates. They both sort of cut the corner and then drifted out to the middle of the track and they came away to, to fight out a good finish, but he just found one better. Uh, hopefully, he can see out the longer trip. Look to just sort of peak on his run a little bit in the JJ Atkins back as a two-year-old, but he had issues out of that race. So I'm not ruling him out from running a mile. He's certainly bred to get it. So I'm with him on top from six Cardinal Gem. Um, 
they went up the wrong price on Monday off nominations. I think she was fifteen dollars, but quick. Uh, he was sorry, fifteen dollars, but quickly into six. Uh, he's certainly got to be a strong chance. He hit the line hard, going back to the inside from a long way back in that bend the knee race. He looks ready to peak third up. A uh, twelve festival dancer. She sort of come from nowhere. This girl. She was a maiden after eight starts and. Oh, sorry, after nine starts, and now she's put four wins together. Maiden, Class 1, Class 2, and then went to the Group 3 Spring Stakes. She's just quickened. There's been quickening really well, settling on speed and, and finding a really good kick. So she's certainly a winning hope. And in for fourth with uh, Brigantine coming out. I will throw number four, Chartres, coming off a pretty dominant win at Cranbourne. Not sure what to make of that form on the very heavy track, but he's lightly raced and seems to be quite progressive. Two on top from 6, 12, and 4. Uh, I'm with Port Louis as well from Festival Dancer, Blushing Tycoon for third, and I've chucked in Chartres as well. So that makes it 2, 12, 3, and 4. Uh, second leg of the quaddy is uh, nominally the feature race of the day. Uh, sorry, that was the second leg. The third leg of the quaddy is nominally the... Uh, no, what am I talking about? It is <laughs> the second leg. Uh, the second leg of the quarter, nominally the feature race of the day. Herald Sun Zipping Classic, 2,400 metres, standard away for age, worth 750000 Yeah, I was sort of trying to allude to it earlier without giving it away, but I'm going to tip warning to knock off the favourite Spanish mission, uh, probably mainly due to a bit of loyalty. He's been my best bet the last two starts, warning, and he's been a, a very good result. Um, he's, as I said, he's really clicked with Nashua Willa, just being sort of put into the race. Um, um, rather than just flopping out the back. But, look, he's hard for the, I, I thought he responded really well when asked last time out. He was challenged halfway up the straight, and then he came clear. Damien Oliver, strong rider. And the fact that he led last start, just sort of another string to his boast. He's never really led in his life. Um, so he can be quite positive again and hopefully get the jump on Spanish Mission, who is the class performer. Coming back to the 2400, but like you mentioned earlier, Bucks, the horses coming out of the Melbourne Cup usually run very well in this. They're the only two I'll be taking in the quaddy. Sound, as mentioned, previous winner, going well, um, but I can't have him to turn the tables on warning, therefore I don't have him as a winning chance. And nine, Silent Sovereign, who's going pretty well, this mare. This is a, a fair bit tougher, but she sort of does have a, a little bit of room for improvement. Two on top from one, three, and nine. Same four for me, different order. Spanish Mission, Warning, Silence, Sovereign and Sound. One, two, nine and three. And like you, I'll only be having the one and two in the quaddy. Third leg of that quaddy is the Kino Eclipse Stakes. 1,800 metre quality at Group 3 level. Yeah, well, look, I found it hard to find value in a lot of the races, but uh, I see sort of our winning post tipsters column. A few people are using this race as the the go-to to try and find a value bet for the day. And I've gone with number two, Defibrillate. Look, there's a bit of a worry with his last couple of runs because he, he doesn't usually put too many below-par runs together. But he was going really well prior to that Geelong Cup. Second to Floating Artist, fourth at Mooney Valley, fourth in the Herbert Power. Geelong Cup was a bit forgivable. He had a slow recovery, so not, not all was well there. Last week in the Ballarat Cup, Billy Egan reported that he felt like a the horse felt like a tired horse after the race. Um, but he's backing up here. And I'm just going to put my faith in Paddy Payne that he's got him right. The race just didn't pan out for him last week. Back and wide wasn't the wasn't the go the, ra uh, the way the race was run. 
Farrier too, you know, he, he's not going to be settling close to the speed, but it just means, you know, he doesn't need to snag right back from a wide gate. And he's three from four at the track, two from two at the distance. So I'll back in P. Payne over B. Egan, but we'll see who's the better judge. Seven star rel in for second. She's a pretty consistent mare. She's only won one from 14, but she's usually, you know, sort of fighting out the finish in strong company. Craig Williams back aboard. He gets on pretty well with her. Uh, Six-hour playboy just had a huge task in the Cranbourne Cup. Back and wide. Had to sustain a very long run. Did a great job to finish second. And eight, Jukon. He's doing really well, this prep. This boy took, you know, it was a long time between wins, but first three runs were excellent. They put the blinkers on at Flemington during Cup Week, and he got the cash. He's been uh, kept ticking over with a recent jump out. I think he's the other main chance. Two from seven, six, and eight. Well, I am one of those others who has... Uh gone to this race for my value bet. I've gone for number 10, Royal Mile, trained at Mount Gambier by Lee Creek. Is a winner. Six wins and three seconds from 11 starts. Coming out of a benchmark 82, but he's already a listed winner, albeit against uh, his own age last season in the Port Adelaide Guineas at this trip. And in fact, he's all went then won a group three on the uh, main derby lead up there as well. Uh, one second up and should benefit from the 1800. Regalo de Gaetano is my second selection. Our Playboy and Star L, 10, 4, 6, and 7. And your best, Joel, uh, is one that you were keen on last week but was scratched and is in race 9. That's the key clean. Kevin Heffernan and Stakes, 1,400-metre weight for age group 3. Yeah, we sort of half predicted it last week that if the rain came during the day, which it did at uh, Kembla, then uh, there'd be a few scratchings and I Am Superman was one. He prefers dry ground, and the track was just getting a bit chopped up for him there, leading into the gong. So the Snowdens have saved him for this week, brought him down here. I think he's ready to peak third up. His first up run was quite good, and then he just didn't really get clear at all in the classic legend. He wouldn't have finished first or second, but I think it probably cost him third, and that's a good enough form to win this. Five Crosshaven back on track last time out. A couple of disappointing runs, but I thought his latest effort was very good. He's now back up in weight. 59 kilos. So maybe maybe it was the drop in weight last start that really aided him. So that's yet to be seen. But um, if he runs as well as last time, he's a chance. Two surprise baby. Real X factor. Uh, such an exciting horse. Runner up in the fee and first up. Last prep, obviously, off the scene since the 2020 Melbourne Cup and now in a new stable. I uh, just can't leave him out of my multiples or the quaddy. And one streets of Avalon. Represents a bit of class. Group one weight for age performer that goes forward. And we'll make his own luck. Seven on top, though, from five, two, and one. Uh, the Caulfield 1400 meter specialist for me, Streets of Avalon, to beat I Am Superman, Renier, and Age of Chivalry, one, seven, three, and four. As mentioned, my best race five, number seven, Good and Proper. My value bet race eight, number 10, Royal Mile. Joel's best, we just heard about race nine, number seven, I Am Superman. And value bet race eight, number two, Defibrillate. And after our little tour of the country, the Sydney Metro racing heads back to Rose Hill on Saturday for Festival Stakes Day. And the first of the black type races is race four. It is the ATC Cup, a listed race uh, quality handicap over 2,000 metres, Joel. A small field, but certainly a number of chances. Conditions going to be vital here. It's sort of a heavy track at this stage on a Thursday and 
And they were hoping it would get to soft, but there's plenty of rain forecast for tomorrow. Rose Hill does try, dry quite well, but the heavier it is, um, the bigger chance Polly Gray will have. So she would probably be elevated uh, towards my top pick, but I've got her in for third at this stage as it stands. I've got Seven Grove Ferry on top. Uh, recent addition to the Waterhouse spot yard from the UK. He was heavily backed first up at Hawkesbury on Melbourne Cup Day, but I don't know if it was the heavy track or he was just scouting five and six wide and well, he was first beaten. He was beaten 19 lengths. It was just a shocker. But he did bounce back last week at Kembla on that deteriorating soft seven with 61 kilos. So I'm just not sure if it's uh, if he doesn't want it really heavy or not. Maybe it was just a, just a forgetful run at Hawkesbury. On the back up down to 53, I've got him on top from five. Mighty Beal, who's flying. Uh, one Polly Gray, as mentioned, she loves it heavy. Just didn't stretch out at all on the dry track first up. And four, Kiss the Bride. Disappointed at 2300 last start. Just didn't give anything. But back in distance um he's probably worth another chance seven on top from five one and four i go across to race seven first leg of the quaddy at rose hill on saturday is the chandon starlight stakes 1100 meter listed quality job yeah, i've gone with four surreal step who well i was shocked to see him open at 71 dollars. i think he's around 34 now um, he finished runner-up this track and trip in the listed Hortensia, second up earlier this year behind Elberman. Sat back, relished the good tempo and just missed. Similar sort of scenario here off a good tempo and down in weight third up. He's had 58 kilos both runs back. I thought he performed quite well behind Quantico. That was a good form race first up. Newcastle the other day, he was just fair. He was seven lengths behind the winner. But he had 58 kilos, and he, he's that sort of horse. He can sort of be in and out, mix his form. But I just think he might get conditions to suit here on Saturday. And he's probably a 15, 20 to 1 chance. So I think he's still over. Seven written beauty, just over race. Got it all wrong. First start for Chris Waller down the straight. During Cup Week, I thought she battled on quite well, considering she's got a few vices, this girl. But she has won five out of 11. Just, just sort of no recent wins. Down to 53, second up. Hopefully she settles with a bit of cover. She can win. Nine snap dancer is a query on the wet. She's never raced on anything other than a good track or the synthetic. So I'm not really sure whether they've been avoiding it or it's just circumstantial, but she's hard in the market here. And I'm not surprised because she's been trialing really well and fresh last prep. She was excellent winning on Ballarat Cup Day before winning at Randwick and going up to place on the Gold Coast. So no doubt they're headed to the Gold Coast again. She's a class mare. And five Dream Circle. Surprise winner first up last prep on a wet track and then did it again second up. So I think he's worth respecting from the inside draw. But there's other chances as well. It's a tricky race. Four, seven, nine and five. And the big race at Rose Hill on Saturday is the second leg of the quaddy. It is race eight, Petaluma Festival Stakes. 1,500 metre group three quality. We find your best of the day here, Joel. Yeah, number 10, Ellsberg. They haven't, uh, they haven't missed this bloke. I think he, he went up uh, maybe $384 earlier in the week. And when they reopened betting, he was 330 And then I saw as short as 270 this morning. So that's getting in a bit tight, to be fair. But he's a talented horse, and I think he's well-placed here. He won first up with the 58 kilos. Then they set him on a Golden Eagle path. He was runner-up in the Silver Eagle. And I thought he ran okay in the Golden Eagle. The set weights were really against him there. He's much better placed down on the minimum, 53 kilos. He handles the wet, put himself on speed. He's got a lovely draw for Rachel King. And I think he's the one to beat, but just probably a touch short now. I think there's plenty of value to be had through the exotic. 16 Kerwin's Lane, he probably wants it to 
get into the soft range at least. He was another late scratching last week at Gambler Grange. So I guess the conditions are a bit of a worry. But his Golden Cup run was very good without luck. 17 Pandano, I think, is just about ready. He took a few runs last prep and then really hit form. He gets up in trip, he drops in weight, and he will handle a soft track. So he's a good roughie. Seven count of Monte Cristo is big, big odds. I thought got warm pretty late first up in the Hunter. He'll be fitter. And I guess a couple of the other key winning hopes are Order again, who loves the wet. And down towards the bottom, number 13, Brutality, who's also hard in the market. So plenty of horses to include in your multiples. But I think Ellsberg is the one to beat. 10, 16, 17, 7. All right, Ellsberg, your best, although you're not entirely overjoyed with the price. Your value comes up earlier in the program, race three, number three. Listeners would be quite familiar with this one, Karma Zone. Yeah, hopefully with third time lucky. I made the mistake of going off too early, I think, this prep, Karma Zone. But he, he just trialled so well leading into that first up run. And he was spec from, I think he opened about 101, but he ended up starting 31. He got warm late and then he went to the mile at Newcastle. He was entered for the midway and the benchmark race. They went the benchmark race. And again, he was back to 20s and to 12s and again was was running on quite well late. Never a winning chance, but beaten only just over two lengths. Third up now to 2,000 metres on the wet ground, which he likes, and into a midway handicap. So this is his time to uh, time to shine. Hopefully we can follow our money. And there's already been specking for him again. So I'm not the only one trying to uh, trying to get some back. Alrighty, course proper at Morfordville in Adelaide on Saturday, and there is a black type race. It is uh, big fields too, but uh, and uh, no uh, no more so than in this uh, black type race, which is race eight, Roadside Services, City of Marion Stakes, twelve hundred meter listed quality handicap, Joel, and uh, I see your top selection is out here in Night Raid and uh, your second selection is uh, in, in Melbourne uh, and is, as is your third. So uh, how do you see it? Yeah, well, it, things could really change come race day, but um, we'd certainly know that Night Raid's out. So that's one I don't have to worry about. And as it stands, I've got two Parcival on top of four. He's a bolter. I would say one of them will, will run here and, and one will go to Caulfield. Usually splits them up, Will Clarken. Um, Parcival was good first up down the straight. He'll be fitter. He's a bolter, we did mention earlier, going pretty well. I think 16, another reward, is probably the one at odds that I could have something on. Just a mare that seems to be in the zone. And sometimes these mares, when they, once they hit sort of really good form, they can step up to a black type race. Jason Holder aboard. Yeah, she's probably the one that I could elevate and have something on. She'd been drawing wider last two and... Did win in record time last time out over the 1,300 on the Parks track. So from a good gate, I think she can measure up at a bit of a price. And in for fourth, we'll chuck in another of the mayor's number 12, Trip, who's also a strong winner on the Parks track at her latest outing. Two from four, 16 and 12. But you're probably leaning to backing the 16 each way. Uh, your specials come up earlier on the Mulford Bill program. Indeed, my value bet comes up in race three, Tolkien. Doubt we saw the best of him on his debut at Morfittville. He had won a trial in New Zealand uh, before his owners sent him across to the Michael Hickmott yard. There was no money for him on debut on the heavy track and he battled, but I'm expecting more. As I said, he, he looked quite good in that trial win in New Zealand. So I think there's more to come. And this isn't 
Well, it's not an overly strong race on paper. I guess number eight, Speed Lover, is probably the one to beat. Going to be quite short. She's been placed in a couple of maidens in Victoria. So maybe you could play exotics around her and Tolkien. And as for the best, race four, I've gone for number nine, Smoke and Vel. It's probably D-Day for her. I've been giving her a chance in some strong races of late. And she sort of hasn't quite measured up. I thought her How Now run at Caulfield wasn't too bad. Only two and a half off Bell and Ipatina. Tried coming very wide there. Forget Mooney Valley. That was just, um, you know, she's back and wide against the mad leader bias. She had no hope. And then at Caulfield in the listed Alingi Stakes got back and never really did much. So I think, I sort of hope she's going better than her form suggests. She's got barrier one. She's back to a benchmark race in Adelaide. She gets her chance to notch up win number two. Gold Coast is the venue for Brisbane Metropolitan Racing on Saturday, uh, or at least it is scheduled to be, but it's fairly wet already and a fair bit of rain still to come. So I don't know how much uh, time we want to uh, take up on this, Joel, especially since I see you uh, have not necessarily studied this. Have you studied it at all? There's a couple of stakes races late in the program. Yeah, I've just had a, a bit of a look at a couple of the stakes races. I think Race seven, you know, obviously seems to be the feature of the recognition stakes listed affair. Um, we've got Tambo's mate, who's also an acceptor in Sydney. I don't think he's been scratched at either venue yet, so not sure where he ends up. The Horovian first up, uh, certainly an exciting galloper, and Nick and Over. Um, so some classy performers. I was going to spec one at a little bit of odds in... Number eight, Willow Tito, who likes wet tracks. She's a bit hard to catch, but she can press forward. And she's won a couple of times at this track. Bit of a sort of horses for courses, I guess. Michael Costa, good trainer on her home track, and she can show up fresh. So at a bit of odds, maybe something small on Willow Tito, even though she probably lacks the class of some of her rivals. Three, the Horovian, two, Nicanova, and four, Ballistic Boy. And the other feature was race eight, the Eureka Stud. Classic for fillies and mares. Well, this seems really tough. It's a big field. Um, seems to be plenty of hopes. Number six, Tycoon Evie's got a shocking gait, but I think she's a talented mare. And she can. she's pretty versatile. She can sort of settle off the pace or be used up early, as she was at Eagle Farm last start. She's won five out of 14, top two and nine of her 14. So I'm with six, Tycoon Evie, ahead of two, Kizukano, who can use the good gait and settle pretty handy. She gets through the wet ground. Seven Miami Flice is very exciting. First up from a spell. If she's anywhere near right, she's going to take a fair bit of catching. And her stablemate Lyrical Girl's flying. This is her toughest test. Um, not too worried about the draw at this stage of the day on a wet track. She can certainly measure up. Ascot again, second week of the Perth Masters over there. Uh, once again, of course, no interstate horses allowed. Last week, there was a standout local in Western Empire, and that was certainly the way it proved. And there's something of a standout, not quite as short, uh, in the Winterbottom Stakes, which is race eight at Ascot on Saturday, 1,200 metre weight for age. And that is number two, Elite Street, who, of course, won this race last year at a much bigger price. Um, can you see anything in there to upset the apple cart, John? No, I've gone with the favourite. Similar to last week, pretty keen on the favourite, but you can sort of, you know, there's a bit of value in my tips, so you can play play exotics is probably the way to go. He was a bit of an up-and-comer last year, coming through the grades, and it was a bit unexpected. He 
he went around about $26, but he, yeah, blew them away last year. And since then, well, he's really gone on with it. In, in particular, this prep, he's three from three. He's been sort of settling just off the speed. He lets down with a very sharp turn of foot. I think he's the, he's the deserved favourite and hard to beat, but there's a few chances. I thought number 11 could be the best roughy. I see red, I see red. He's won six out of 11. He had to really prove himself at this level, but he did step up behind Elite Street and the Colonel Reeves last start. He was a $17 chance. He finished sixth, beaten two and a quarter of lengths, but really never got clear at any stage. So we probably still don't know whether he's up to it, but he's got a good draw. And I think he would have finished second or third if he had got clear galloping room, in which case he'd be a fair bit shorter than, uh, you know, the 30 or 40 to one you can get. So I think he's the best roughy. One rock magic. What a horse he's been. Connections retiring retiring him after Saturday after his sixth winter bottom. He's a 12-year-old. He's won 16 races. He's been placed in three winter bottoms. He's run fourth in several Melbourne group ones. He's an absolute ripper. And he's going pretty well. Second to Elite Street in the Crawford. Fourth behind that horse in the Prince of Wales. So I think he's a legitimate contender. And 16, Will Chino. Well, this is the stable mate to the favourite Elite Street and has been coming through the benchmark races like he was last year. She's won eight of 11. She got within half a second of the track record last start with a big weight. So she's obviously got a bit of X factor about her. The other two I'd be looking at for exotics are Graceful Girl number 15 and Indian Pacific number six, who we saw measure up really well by placing in the new market. But uh, two on top from 11, one and 16. A man in Perth, BJ Ryan is with Elite Street as well to beat Stageman Will Chino. And Graceful Girl, 2, 9, 16, 15. BJ's best race, 5, number 3, God Has Chosen. Value bet race, 6, number 10, Significant Hero. Earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel, they are racing at Te Arawa and Wanganui. Yeah, Te Arawa's meeting's not too bad. Um, usually held at Ellerslie, this card. There's a few stakes races there, including the uh, Eagle Memorial for the three-year-olds, race 7, there's a pretty gifted three-year-old here, number one, Paranui Bay. Expecting to be quite short, but there's a little bit of form in the race. Um, La Creek, the Phillies, one who passed a couple really well. And I think the Philly down the bottom, Just Dance, has got talent too. But he looks one out of the box, Paranui Bay. He'd been trialling well. He won his maiden on debut. He went to the Group 3, James and Annie Sarton Memorial, which is traditionally a very strong three-year-old race. He sat deep. He had no... Um, no luck at all through running and wasn't entitled to win, but he did. He wasn't entered for the guineas. Otherwise, he would have gone down there, uh, down the South Island for that race. But, um, yeah, I think he'll remain undefeated. And my value bet comes up in the last, race nine, number 11, Levita Vishvi, who I think used the first up run as a bit of a trial. They had a meeting at Pukekohe a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, they haven't been doing much racing up in the northern zone with the restrictions on, but they had a... A Pukekohe meeting sort of for the local horses, and there was only seven or eight horse fields. I'm sure a few of them were just sort of using them as trials. She was outgraded in the open handicap. The stablemate demonetization won it. Um, she's much better placed back in this benchmark 65. She ran okay there. She's performed quite well in the past. I think she's a sort of a promising mare, so I'm happy to be with her each way. And the other program is at Wanganui. Made my best bet of first starter, race two, number 12, Candle really taken by her trial win recently. She looked above average. She meets uh, some winners here. So she's, she's in a three-year-old um, handicap, not an ordinary maiden. So she'll need to be pretty good, but I think she can run very well. And my value bet is race four, 
So first emergency, number 15, can see clearly. Trained up in the northern part of the North Island. Um, the trainer's making a fair hike here for this race. And her form's a little bit patchy. She's only won one race, but she's often competed in stronger races. This doesn't seem to have a lot of depth. There's a couple of debut winners and numbers five and six that are certainly going to be high up in betting. But I uh, thought can see clearly on her best efforts, she could run a bit of a cheeky race here. Alrighty, that wraps up a, a big racing Saturday around Australasia and brings us to our best $20 bet for the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, slight profit last week, thanks to me, and I was due, and that was decent rain. And uh, I just uh, if I just follow the pattern that's rewarded me before, I seem to make a profit, and I'm just going to go decent rain again, which is uh, uh, Caulfield, race three, number one this week. What about you, John? Yeah, I'll go to Caulfield as well, sort of tossing out between Ellsberg and I Am Superman, but I'll go I Am Superman. A little bit better price and, and smaller field. I think it'll be pretty hard to beat. So that's race nine at Caulfield, number seven. All right, that wraps it up for another podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.